Mind Over Millennial contains explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. All views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the creators of Mind Over Millennial. The creators are not licensed healthcare, finance, or life professionals, but we're happy to share our Google expertise with you. Listener discretion is advised. of Mind Over Millennial. My name is Lauren. And mine's Tess. And we are here to tell you some fun things about pets uh, that you probably didn't want to Google this week. So (laughs) uh, we can start things off. uh, Just ask about your week. How how are you, Tess? How are things? Things are good. Things are very good. Yeah. Had a house full. Well, not a house full. It's COVID. You can't have more than six people. I had six people in my house last night. So that counts as a house full in times of COVID. Or so we were informed. Anyway, how are you, Lauren? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm putting together a care package for Ian and his section. Uh, I met a very wonderful wife uh, of one of Ian's dudes. So that was really nice. Yeah. Uh, Maybe making friends. I don't know. We've been here a year. I don't have any friends here. So. (laughs) Well, that makes me sad. Oh, don't be. It's fine. I wouldn't hang out with them anyways. I'm, I'm too much of a loner. And you can't anyways because of COVID. So it's fine right. either way. It's fine. I, I want to go back to the days of the playground where you just wake up or walk up to somebody and are like, I'm nice. Are you nice? Can we be friends now? <laughs> actually, I had a kid do that to me two days ago. Oh, that's he actually so really sweet. cute. Right? He was so sweet. He was like 19 years old. He was, com- I think he was completely deaf. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. He might've been hard of hearing, but I'm pretty sure he's completely deaf. And like, we met uh, at the gym and he just walked up to me and was like, you look really nice. Can I, t- can I like text at you? And I was like, sure. Let's oh. like, of course. And about, you know, four conversations in or whatever, he was like, you're my friend. Cause you're cool. Can I friend you on Facebook? And I was like, yes. See, that's like, that's the innocence that we need in this world. <laughs> like that's, I, and as an introvert, like it's really hard to actually go out and like do that to people. Like I wish people would do that more to me, but I, I think I'm just too intimidating looking. <laughs> so nobody really does that to me, but. They say I, that introverts have to be adopted by an extrovert who just like drags them along. It's like, exactly. We're going here now. <laughs> exactly. No, that, that really is it. I mean, past high school, I don't think I've really met many people where it's just like, Hey, we're going to be friends. I mean, other than you. And that was still because of work and happenstance. So <laughs> I think we might've met over like mutual frustration or bonded over mutual frustration oh. at the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> nothing brings people together like absolute grievances and hatred of their job. There's literally nothing else. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm mad. I want to talk shit. You mad? You want to talk shit? Let's talk shit. Okay. Oh, God, especially like those stupid women that were in the cubicles across from us. <laughs> They were oh just so loud. Like, I don't even think they got anything done. I really don't. Not. They didn't have time to. How, how many others of y'all out there just do you have that person that comes to mind when you're like that loud guy at work 
that talks five volume settings higher than they need to be. Yeah. And then doesn't <laughs> shut up for hours. For hours. Like, it's just like, it's not even something where you're getting good work done. It's just like at least 30 minutes of every hour they're talking about something. I, and theirs is mostly like personal. I don't know how in the 16 hours, you know, out of a 24 hour day, 16 hours you're away from work. If you work that eight to five desk job, mm-hmm. how did they come up with enough, enough gossip every day from their personal lives to fill an eight hour day between every, three of them? Every damn day. Right? I mean, like it was honestly pretty impressive. Now yeah. that I think about that. <laughs> that amount of content. That's what we need. We need the ability to come up with that amount of content. <laughs> maybe one day maybe one day <laughs> my life is not enough of a soap opera i don't know about yours but no no, no it's definitely not no nope. <laughs> and so that brings me to our topic of uh today uh since i don't associate with people i have pets i have yes. uh i have one german shepherd right now her name is sadie and we are about to uh get our second his name will be samson uh he is gonna be five weeks this week that we're recording this. Coming. I know. I'm so excited. I really am. Um, I didn't even have Sadie as a puppy because we rescued her from a pet hotel, but um, and then I shipped her off to her grandparents. So she got to stay with her grandparents for a while. Cause um, even though I wanted to rescue her and it was the right thing to do, I was not adequately equipped to have a pet uh because my apartment didn't allow pets. So that's the first thing uh, that if you guys are looking to have a pet, be sure (laughs) that you can actually own the pet in your home. (laughs) Yes. But I also have a workaround for that. If your apartment or house does not allow pets, I have a workaround, but we're going to save that for a little bit later during our advice column section. But no. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I have to keep you listening. Otherwise, what would you be here for? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Keep the suspense running. <laughs> uh, so according to IIII.org, which is- Wait, wait, def- but I have pets I want to talk about too. Oh, yeah. Can I introduce my babies? Yeah, talk about Sammy. <laughs> okay. So first I have a very old cat who is extremely, like his attitude is through the fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute though. <laughs> oh no, I love it. I love it. He's just like really- just he, we call him Poofa because he poofs and he's just like this is my poof space and you'll let me poof and my poof space poof space. <laughs> so okay, now you have to talk like that for the rest of the podcast, like for the rest of it. For the rest of the podcast, I will talk like at the Poofa. <laughs> no, we do voices for animals in this house. Me and okay. Tim both. We Tim. will have conversations with the animals while the other one is. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we're not crazy it's fine we're not talking to ourselves we're talking for animal it's fine anyway <laughs> and then i have my little baby husky i say baby he's like a year and a half now and his full name is samuel gamgee because <laughs> of samuel tarley and samwise gamgee and sam is like the best all-around sidekick name mm-hmm. of all of the like tv shows and books the series and all that kind of stuff you think of like the sidekick the best sidekick is always sam and so that's what we wanted to name him because he's our ultimate sidekick and he goes by sammy and i can shut up up about my babies now and we can go back to the statistics but i had to introduce them that's i feel i feel like that's fair it's beyond <laughs> fair i was being rude i apologize no. No, no, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Stop apologizing. You're fine. <laughs> Just, I love how much thought you guys put into 
Sam's name because like when I think of it, like I literally was holding Sadie and I was just like, I went through like three or four different names and I was like, no, that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work. Sadie, Sadie, Sadie works. That sounds <laughs> well, She's like I mean, staring at me. <laughs> so I keep calling her name. With Pufa, we didn't go through that. And Pufa's real name is Pepper. Side note, like he doesn't even go by his real name anymore. He has Pufa and he has Puffy. Um, so like his name it was just my mom named him actually he's an old family cat i inherited him um mom's not dead but i still inherited him um, but yeah no call i out. don't know good good call <laughs> out you know well that sounded bad the way how I old is it. pepper now i don't know um he was rescued from like a crazy cat lady and i don't mean that in any mean way i think she had 300 cats yeah, on her property so like it was just overrun and our veterinarian at the time was like this cat is really sweet and he needs a home that was back in 2011 2012 and he was fully grown at that time so uh, he's at least 10 i don't know he acts like he's 70 what old cat doesn't act like they're 70 though like let's be honest (laughs) especially like a cute little chubby one he is such a cool little chubby old man we'll put pictures on the instagram y'all you won't have to just imagine we'll post pictures yeah, of all of all the animals, including mm-hmm. the few that I have of Sammy, but um, my That's Sammy. It's gonna get confusing. I know. <laughs> It'll be fine. It's we'll fine. figure it out. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Okay, teach us something, dear. <laughs> okay, so uh, from tripleI.org, which is actually www.iii.org. I'm just calling it tripleI because iii sounds weird. It sounds like I'm a pirate. I. Uh, I. <laughs> Um, 85 million Americans have pets. So that's actually, yeah, that's 67% of the American population. Um, Within the United States, 67% of the U.S. households have pets or have owned a pet. Um, And this is according to the National Pet Owners Survey conducted by American Pet Products Association, so APPA. This is actually up from 56% of households in 1988, the oh. first year the survey was conducted. So people are getting more pets, which is awesome. We um, love pets. I want to say fur babies, but I know there are also scaly babies and feather babies. All the babies. All the babies. All the, the babies. Four, well, not even the four-legged kind. Damn, that's hard. The hoppy kind, the slithery kind, the swimmy kind. I, I just want to differentiate between the human kind. Oh, yeah, I mean, we're not we're not gonna ever associate children with pets. Uh, pets are, cuter. are I will die on that hill. Pets are cuter. Babies smell funny. They smell weird, y'all. So I know Tesla- I'm not going around smelling them, but whatever they've like forced at me, I'm like, oh god, I don't know what to do with it. So Tessa's not discovered that hormone that exists where apparently babies are supposed to smell good. To, in all fairness, I don't have that they either. They smell like poo. That's not what we're talking well, about, though. We're talking about pets. <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> about children later, maybe. Uh, as far as the millions go, um, so birds or feathery babies are actually, uh, there's 5.7 million birds um, in the United States that are pets, uh, which is amazing oh. to me because birds live forever. They do. Like those are a true commitment. Uh, not to say that dogs, cats, and, and all the other animals that are out there are not, but, uh, that's, that's a animal that you could have at 15 and still have at 45. Like that's, we, we had a family parrot that outlasted three generations. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's insane. 
is absolutely insane. Um, cats are the second highest, which isn't a huge shock. Uh, there are 42.7 million house cats. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> is that- this the lady that has 300 or the people that have like one? Uh, I feel like it's probably both. <laughs> I just, I just am curious about the demographic. I'm not entirely, honestly, I'm not entirely sure about the demographic. I would imagine that this survey is kind of like, do you have X amount of pets? Okay. Um, I'll stop interrupting. I'm sorry. I no, you're fine. Um, highest on the list, number one pet in the United States are dogs, not a shack, because they're well, the best. Uh, I am biased on dogs, and I am not sorry for it. I'm a split uh, I'm going to start a poll on Instagram when this episode goes live and we're going to see, we're going to get some votes because I'm interested. But just on dogs and cats or like, cause there's, there's a lot of animals on this list. We can, we can do lots of animals, but I want to know like our, our listeners, dog people or cat people, as yeah. far as like the bias between those. Cause that's like the biggest, the biggest, you know, it is the biggest debatable debate. one. Yeah. yeah. I feel yeah, that. Yeah. So dogs make up uh, 63.4 million households that own a pet. Whoa. It's a lot. There's a lot of doggies. <laughs> um, with horses, there's actually 1.6 million horses uh, or households that have horses. So, you know, lots of ranchers, uh, lots, of a, lost, lo- lots of equestrians in those richy rich types that can afford equestrian optic things that's probably not a word but i don't care we're making it a word word. uh what comes in next is uh freshwater fish is actually third most popular and uh there are 11 11.5 million households with freshwater fish now that doesn't include so these are the household numbers these aren't like Mm -hmm. the the pets right? right so if you have, I would imagine that freshwater fish are probably like actually the highest pets owned and they are with our right. next little list that we'll get into and how many of the pets are actually available or owned. Um, I don't like saying owned, but like pets. adopted, adopted. Yeah. We'll go into adopt versus shop later too, y'all. But I mean, once, once they come to home with you, they're basically a child or a sibling or something, especially yeah. for millennials. I mean, we'll get into it oh yeah no we know we're we'll replacing those smelly never mind we'll get there we're, <laughs> we're losing all of the parents of our generation it's fine. i'm sorry <laughs> uh, saltwater fish are actually uh in kind of in the same boat as horses 1.6 million households have saltwater fish which are the same people that probably also have a horse because they're expensive as fuck oh yeah uh, so reptiles, this is all types of reptiles. So it could be a turtle. It could be uh, a snake. It could be anything. It just says reptile. Uh, 4.5 million households have reptiles. I'm surprised that's not higher. I don't know why. I'm not. Oh, <laughs> I, I had to ban snakes from my household because that was Tim's first and only pet before he got out of the army and he wanted more snakes. And I was like, I don't like the nope ropes. No nope ropes. Oh, the nope ropes. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no no probes. I think that snakes are really kind of like they're they're cute to look at on the internet. I just wouldn't want to have one in my house. And Ian does not like snakes. So yeah, I had a run in when I was little. 
I'm gonna tell oh. a story. I'm gonna butt in and tell a story real mm-hmm. quick. Um, we lived out on property, like middle of Gazonka's nowhere, um, when I was little, <laughs> and um, uh, I, I was walking outside one night, real late, completely dark, couldn't see a damn thing in my flip flops, and I hear like right there, real close. Run back inside. And I'm like, um. There's a rattlesnake like right outside the door, and like I think I think it's a problem. And um, my dad goes, "Oh, you don't know what a rattlesnake sounds like. Go get back out there, babe." Anyways, cut to the end. It was a rattlesnake. Why are dads always the people that are just like, "You're fine. (laughs) It's fine. Everything's fine. You're literally fine. (laughs) You you're you are absolutely fine. You are bleeding out, but you're fine." I feel like dads have to say that you're fine because if you're not fine, they're definitely not fine. Exactly. It's like if you're not fine, their world just shatters and they don't yeah. have a way to put it back together because, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. We won't get it. I will do an episode at a later date about parents because that's a whole other fish to fry. Yeah. Actual human parents, not pet parents. Oh, right. <laughs> I forgot. Okay. And uh, the rest of the category are like small animals. So like that would be your, your rodents. That would be your ferrets. Uh, anything that's kind of fuzzy um, are in uh, 5.4 million households. So, I mean, that's pretty substantial number of the United States. I mean, obviously it's like 85 million in total. More than half of us. Sorry, I don't know what. Sadie interrupting you? I don't know what just happened. I think it was Sadie, but I'm almost brought a ghost home, so we'll talk about that later. But oh god, I'm interested to hear. I don't know about y'all, but I'm interested to hear about that. (laughs) What you say? What? (laughs) Okay, so I don't know if people believe in ghosts or not. I do, um, and this is my podcast, so you guys have to listen to this story now. so my mom was visiting my grandpa in his assisted living facility. And the first night that she came to visit me, because he's up in Michigan, my mom is in Florida. So she drives. And when she comes home, home on her way home, she'll usually stay with me. And so she was with me this week. And the first night she was here, um, you know, you go to bed, normal day. And I woke up with a start and I saw what I thought was my mom in my bedroom. So like my, my bedroom has a, the master room here has a little hallway um, where the closet and there's a little built-in bookshelf and then there's the room and it's right by the bathroom door too. So there's kind of like this little L shaped thing and right between the L shaped and the rest of the room there was this, there was a figure right there. And I thought that it was my mom. Cause it's, it looked like her in her robe, but my door was locked. Oh, good. <laughs> so like, I didn't feel like awful or anything. It was just like, this is weird. And then I got my flashlight, I got my phone and yeah. I turn on my flashlight and I look and make sure that like something's there, something's not there. And like, this wasn't sleep paralysis. I've had that before too, but yeah, so that was the first night, and then the second, then the next day. Yeah, um, we were both sitting at my kitchen table, and we just heard this kind of high pitched whine, and it wasn't my dog because she was right with us. And I've been in this house for a year and a half now, so like I know what the sounds of this house are. Right, it was just it. Yeah, it was it was weird. So yeah, there's uh, 
We, we saged my house. I was going to ask if you had sage. <laughs> we, um. saged, we saged the house. I had it burning uh, all Friday night in my room, and now my room smells uh, like sage <laughs> 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 and smoke, and it's fine. Um, back to pets. <laughs> uh, ghosts wow. are not pets. Please don't adopt ghosts. Let them go to the other side. Don't keep them. <laughs> yeah, because if we learn anything from Supernatural, it's the longer they stay here, the more vengeful they get. Do not adopt ghosts. Don't adopt ghosts. Okay, so from the top down, uh, <laughs> the number of pets owned by millions, freshwater fish come in first at 139. Our swimmy friends. Uh, yes. Oh, I misspoke earlier. Cats are actually second. So there are more cats than dogs, although there are more dogs in households than cats. Does that make sense? So more households will probably have one dog, but more households will probably have two or three cats. That makes sense. Okay. So cats come in at 9.2, (laughs) dogs come in third at 89.7. Birds are actually 20.3 million, which- That was a big drop. Well- it's actually, it's weird because it's higher than the households. So like the household is 5.7 million, but there's 20.3 million birds. Okay. But like with parakeets or something, that makes sense. You have multiples. Right. Yeah. Because if you have parakeets, like you can have like four in a really nice big cage. Uh, called yeah. cages. Okay. Yeah. Cage. Sorry. I, was, yeah, I don't know the term. I've never owned a bird. Yeah. I don't know if they're habitats or something. I don't know. I, I call them cages. Okay, yeah, well, one of your little bird carafts. Um, <laughs> bird homes. Yes. A bird home. The house inside the house that they live in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, that's true, because, like, you don't call a, a kennel a cage, right? Like, your, your dog has a kennel. It doesn't have a cage, so. Right. I'm sure there's some, yeah. We tell Sammy to go to his house, which is inside the house, but he knows what we mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sadie's trained to go to bed. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah. Uh, with saltwater fish, uh, it's 18.8 million, Ooh. which makes makes sense. I mean, yeah. again, with a saltwater fish aquarium, like, again, that's only 1.6 million households that have them, but you're going to have multiple wow. small saltwater fish. Mm-hmm. Those are also more expensive by far, depending yes. on the fish as well. Um, the small animals... Uh, so you're looking at your gerbils, your ferrets, all of mm-hmm. those things that usually have partners. It's 14 million. Okay. Uh, reptiles are at 9.4 and horses are at 7.6. So I'm assuming on a farm, you probably have a couple of horses or even again, your fancy equestrians probably have one or two horses in a stable. Those are very different horses. Yes. They are equally, equally loved and equally wonderful, but this is very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's the same as like, you know, those, a show dog and a, and a pet or a working dog and a pet. Yeah. For sure. The pet industry expenditure. So this is like all pet related expenses for per year. I'm just going to talk about two years because the difference is pretty astounding. Honestly, in 2010, the expenditure was 48.35 billion dollars people were spending 48.35 billion dollars on buying pets buying yeah 
probably even pet insurance, like all of these other items that are thought of when we think about our, our pets, our little fur babies. In 2019, I just, just guess, just guess what the number is. We said 48 billion was the first one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with 120 billion. Oh, wow. That's way higher. But oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have not seen these numbers, y'all. This was, this was Lauren's <laughs> bitch. She's surprising me here. She teaches me things. So how far off am I? Uh, 75.38. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm honest. Here, here was, here's my thought process. Mm-hmm. If millennials are in fact replacing children with, with pets with pets and with fur babies and scaly babies and swimmy babies and fuzzy, whatever, Mm -hmm. then I was assuming that the expenditure would increase uh, accordingly, Mm -hmm. but maybe because this generation, I think, has only started having children in the last 10 or so years, we haven't seen the full growth of that expenditure. All right. So expenses, and this is just for your dog and your cat. So this is just looking at like your first year or annual expenses that you can look at paying for having a literal animal that is a dog or a cat in your home. Um, The first one that's listed is a surgical visit. Um, For dogs, it's the average is $426. For a cat, it's $214. So, I mean, again, this is also something where you could look into getting pet insurance to kind of supplement around there. Um, I personally don't have pet insurance. Um, but I do know that when you go to a vet and you are in an emergency state, like I had to take Sadie to an emergency vet once and that bill was like $750. So they can be expensive. It, they can be expensive. Also neuter your pets. Yes. Be responsible pet owners. That's what I mean. Yes. (laughs) Don't, don't just make more babies that go to the pound that we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Be responsible pet owners. Also, as far as the surgical visit is concerned, I did not know this until I personally owned pets, but um, as far as a neuter visit is concerned, females range quite a bit higher than males for that surgical visit. Really? Yes, because their surgery is internal as opposed to external. Mm. It takes more time, uh, more invasive surgery, more anesthetic, more recovery time, et cetera. Yep. yep. That makes sense. That makes total sense. Um, so for a routine visit, these are visits that usually you do you do once uh, once a year. So you're getting their boosters and all of those things. Um, but also, like if you have a, an issue where you need to go see your vet because you need uh, more flea medication or anything along those lines, you can usually expect a routine visit to cost. This is two hundred and twelve dollars. Mine is usually around a hundred. Yeah, that's I mean, closer to mine. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if this is just like particular a, a particular area or if this is an average. Um, but for Sadie, it's usually around a hundred. Um, your first year will be a little bit more expensive because puppies require uh, a few boosters their first year. So maybe this is just including that first year number too. But um, and then for cats, uh, it's the the statistic is one sixty. I've never owned a cat, so I can't truly speak to experience with cats. I've had very low maintenance ranch cats, so I can't speak to that experience. We do keep them up to date with their required vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. But he's one of those that he is really hardy. He used to be a mouser. Like I'm his retirement home, basically. That's why I said earlier that I inherited this very poofy individual who's very poofy because he's like, I lived my life. I served my due and now I get to relax in the sun. And he's just so damn cute. Right? 
Um, with food, uh, annually you're looking to spend about $259. So this number for me is actually really low. Um, and that's because Sadie's a brat and we feed into that and we pay about $80 a month for her food. No judgment here. That's your fur baby. She is. And I'm sure it's just going to go up even more, especially with the second one. Um, so, I mean, that's at your discretion. Some people, and, and, and I'm not dissing anybody that chooses to feed their dog anything. Uh, we've done a lot of different brands with Sadie. She's just incredibly picky. Um, yep. And it turns out that even some of the higher, more expensive food that we fed her originally, she didn't eat. And then she ate this $30 food for about two to three months. And then she got sick of that. So German shepherds are ridiculously picky. My cat only eats one brand of cat food, but then we found out that he does like Sammy's dog food, but he will not eat any other cat food than his brand of cat food, but he will steal Sammy's dog food. It's ridiculously poofy. I love that for him. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of cats, uh, you can spend upward of $228 annually for your cat food. Um, Again, I'm sure that's kind of low for some people that really do have the pet parent mentality. Yeah. Um, it's especially if it's the one thing that you really do get to spoil. Uh, food treats for a dog is 76. Again, I'm going to say that that's kind of low. Um, and for a cat, it's $58. Uh, the next There's one cat is, treats. Uh, this says there is, I don't have cats. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm shocked. I like now I'm curious because I've never given my cat a treat. I mean, like, I'll let him lick up my plate if there's like bacon grease on it or something like that. He does occasionally like to do something like that. But as far as like an actual treat, I did not know there were cat treats. I mean, does that count as like catnip? Is catnip a treat? My cat doesn't like catnip. I tried to um, give it to him one time and he looked at it and like walked away. Bless. Bless him. Yeah. He was like, no. Say no to drugs. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, uh, this is just a statistic. I don't know. No, you good. You good. I just got really interested in that one. All right, y'all, chime in. Do you, you think your cat's cat treats? No, I, I'll Google it, but like, I also want to know. I'm just engaging the listeners over here. I'm sorry. Do you need me all to yourself? Yes, I do. I need all okay. your attention. All right. I'm sorry. You're beautiful. You have all yeah. my attention. I'm sorry. Thank you. Gosh. <laughs> What was the point of this podcast if you're not giving me all your attention? I mean, I'm looking right at you. This is true. All right. Uh, kennel boarding can run for a dog to, uh, it can be about $229 annually. Um, I do know that that is usually something that people will do over the holidays and that price. Again, I feel like it's kind of low if you're not taking your pet with you. Um, two weeks sometimes can run about almost $300, depending on whether you're at a vet or you're at a pet hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's from my personal experience uh, working at one for three whole weeks. And do Uh, your research on those, y'all. If you're going to leave leave your your fur children at these places, do your research. Do your research. Make sure that they're reputable. And I would always recommend, especially if, if you have an older animal, to have them at the vet because if something were to happen your vet's going to know how to treat them. If they're younger and they just kind of need a place to be and like a pet hotel can be fine. Um, but I genuinely would always recommend a vet. Um, personally cats boarding cats is actually a lot easier. They take up a lot less space. They're a lot less needy. Uh, so, uh, boarding a cat, uh, annually is about 120. That sounds about right. Wait, for how long? 
Um, this is just an annual assessment. Sorry, I'm dumb. You said annually, and I thought you meant like reporting your cat all year long. No, no, okay, no, no, okay. No, I'm sorry. No. I'm dumb. I'm blonde, y'all. You can't see me, but I got them blonde streaks coming out of my brain. No, this is this is a this is a per year estimate. Okay, okay. Vitamins for a dog can run about this says fifty eight dollars a year. Again, I'm not sure that I believe that. It. I guess this is just like thinking of people that do buy vitamins for their pets. Uh, when Sadie was little, I would get her a lot of vitamins just to ha- help with uh, bone, the bone growth and joint growth, uh, I guess, stabilization, because she is a German Shepherd and they can have hip issues. Yes. So um, I always tried to make sure that she had enough vitamins and, and that alone, depending on how often I got them, could have been around like $100 every three or four months. So 58 is a little low to me, but again, it's probably an average. Uh, For a cat, it says $54 uh, a year. So again, not sure. I mean, do you, do you give Pep any vitamins at his age? Uh, No, I mean, Pufa is really going strong. Last visit we had with him, they just said he's doing good. You know, he's starting to get that little old man belly that kind of like jiggles to the side when he runs, but it's fine. He's fat and happy in his retirement home. I don't care. You know, Sammy, Sammy gets his heartworm and then his flea medication. And, uh, do we give him anything else? No, I don't think so. He's got his vaccinations. So yeah. So he's good. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so groomer or grooming aids, again, this number seems a little low to me, uh, not because of my dog, but because when I grew up, we had Maltese's mm-hmm. and um, that grooming alone, like even if you're not really grooming them, but they need to go and get like shaved down because you weren't good at getting the knots out. Um, this says it's $73 annually. That's just bullshit. Like That's you- way oh. low. No, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no. That's way low. I know that little dogs probably are far more expensive in that range. Um, I do know that even just having a dog get deshedded, like the larger ones, if you just take them in for a bath and getting a deshed, that alone can cost you 50 bucks just one trip. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I don't believe that number. Uh, I don't know why you would groom a cat. And this is just me being ignorant, but cats groom themselves. Uh, they have some really long hair, like the really pretty. Oh, the fancy Parisian kitties. fancy. Yeah. yeah, there are cat breeders. I actually know one. That was something I had to learn about. Um, I think it was last year that there are cat breeders and cat bloodlines. I thought cats, like if you were said like what kind of cat do you have, I'd be like a gray one. I don't know, like it'd be, I don't know. he's gray. I thought he was green for the longest time. I'm apparently colorblind. Um, I used to tell the cat the vet that I had a green cat, and they would look at me and be like, "You have a what?" <laughs> A very sick cat is what I have. He's <laughs> gray and brown, but to me, he looks green. Uh, the next, <laughs> the next, the next one, and the last one of this little group uh, is toys. Mm-hmm. Again, is super low. Uh, so for dogs, it says you can expect to spend forty-eight dollars annually on dog toys. Hmm. That is horseshit. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Oh. Say that straight out. Uh, I spend so much money on Sadie's toys. It's insane. And especially like the first year when they're teething, all oh you do my God. is buy toys so that they don't chew your shit up. Oh my God. I know. So and I don't Sammy think- only lo- liked left shoes. I lost so many shoes in the first one in the first year because he only liked the left ones. What a brat. 
Right? Oh, fucker. <laughs> it's okay. He's cute. I'm sorry for interrupting. Um, I did want to mention one more, though. Mm-hmm. Microchipping. Yes. This can't, it's optional, obviously. Optional, your pet, your decision. But we made the decision to get Sammy microchipped, not Poofa, because like I said, Poofa is just an old man cat who never leaves the house. Um, but we made the decision to get Sammy microchipped, especially because Huskies are really similar in markings. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you see one Husky, like, you've kind of seen a lot of Huskies by that one. Mm-hmm. And that can run you between $50 and $100, depending on the vet charge. The microchip itself should be about, like, 50 bucks, But if your vet visit is higher, it could run you as high as 100 Yeah. Yep. But, but then you get registered online. They can scan them any time that they're picked up by a pound or a vet or anything else because you don't want to lose your baby. Like, if this is going to be your surrogate child, like, you don't want to lose your baby. Yeah. No, I would definitely recommend getting um... – microchips as well um it's not necessarily fun to watch your dog get one but it's definitely something where you're gonna have a lot of peace of mind if something were to happen and yeah yeah so definitely would recommend and sammy got his while he was under for his neuter oh that he didn't even feel it he didn't even feel it it didn't even bother him like anesthetic everything you know no pain that's good good yeah Okay, so um, moving on to pet ownership by age. Uh, and this is from petfoodindustry.com. Uh, millennials, shocker, ages 18 to 24 actually outspend all other age groups. Woohoo! I knew it. Monthly. I knew it. Yeah, not shocking. Um, <laughs> we, on average, spend 173 Point sixty-seven dollars a month on our fur babies, which, right. you know, honestly, if you're budgeting correctly, like that's not too bad. But that is a fair amount of money for a lot of people. That is a lot of money, but again, if this is your surrogate child, a child is going to be like six times that. Way more expensive. Yeah. Way more expensive. Yeah, and also way more time and energy, which I have a humongous rant to go on about that later. Oh, good. 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 Uh, and then pet owners ages 25 to 34 came in second, uh, at $141. And I don't know why I said we at 18 to 24, cause I'm 25. So I'm technically in the second group, but I feel like I spend definitely way more than 173 or $141 on Sadie. So it's fine. It's fine. She it's has fine. a very good life. It's fine. That's your uh, child. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. When we get into the older millennials and Gen Xers, they're looking at $107 a month. Uh, our boomers and parents spend around 102 or $80.43 a month. And they're wow. even, yeah, right? Um, I'm noticing a big jump to millennial though, like between 107 oh, and 170. Oh yeah. That's, oh. A, that's a big jump. Like between you know, boomers, Gen Xers, whatever. That's not a huge jump, but we decided that we were going to spoil our pets. Yeah, no. And I feel like it's also because like the older you get, you know, between 35 and 44, you know, that 107 group, like you, you probably do have a kid there. I mean, like that, those are the, the now CDC fertility group age. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna have kids, like that's when you need to do it as a woman. Um, so then, you know, 107 makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, but there's also a statistic for 14 to 17 year olds. Um, okay. I'm not really 
sure <laughs> why. I know that some kids do live on their own. I would really hope that if you're in that age group, you don't have your own pet at that age group. Um, but that's just, it, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I just feel like as, as a kid, you should be trying to take care of yourself. Um, but apparently there's a statistic where uh, from the ages of 14 to 17, uh, these kids are spending $73 a month on their animals. Okay, side note though. When I was at that age, I couldn't get my hands on that much money a month. <laughs> Did you not have a job? I worked the ranch. Oh, I so worked, you would yeah. No, like I, I think I was um, 15, 16 when I got my first job slinging barbecue. Um, still didn't make that much money. That was, that was back before child labor laws. No, I'm kidding. I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> felt like it though. Uh, so yeah. I feel like anybody that slings barbecue probably feels like there's some labor laws at question. Also, when they pay you by personal check or cash, you're just like, hmm, mm, 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 mm. it's a little sketchy. Well, oh, it was way more than that. We'll talk about first jobs in another later episode because that sounds like fun. Actually, yeah. Yeah, no, that should be another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about a couple of fun facts that I found uh, based Ooh. on geography of the United States. So like some of these are actually really interesting. Um and they came from the same website of petfoodindustry.com. Um, apparently, people in Washington, D.C. spend more on their dogs than people in any other state by spending $270 a month on their dogs. So uh, shout out to whoever your senator is for taking good care of his little pup or her or neither or both. Pet owners <laughs> in Ohio uh, spend the most on their fish. Okay. They spend $288 a month. They must be the saltwater fish owners. I'm guessing. Saltwater, saltwater fish owners from Ohio. My dad is from Ohio and was a saltwater fish owner. I don't, salt, Ohio people are strange. Yeah. They Love are. you, Ohio, but that's. Love you, dad. Yes, it's strange. <laughs> Pet owners in Delaware spend $566 a month on their cat. Whoa. <laughs> okay, what's fucked up with those cats? Like, what medicine they be needing? Or are they just getting all the catnip? I think it's all the catnip. I think it has to be catnip. Like, that is insane to so me. So y'all from Delaware, come hook us up. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, though, if you are from Delaware and you have a cat, like, I just need to know if there's, like, a cat sorority circle that you guys exist in. Like, do they have special clubs? I need to understand. <laughs> Uh, Texans spend the most on birds, so I don't know what's going on in Texas, Tess, but, uh, $200 a month on birds and reptiles as well at $350 a month. So I don't own either. Uh, well, your husband owned a reptile, so we're just gonna- He did, but when he was in California. Remember, he's a granola bar baby. Forgot that. Yep. Yep, That makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, uh, other Texans, uh, if you got a bird or a reptile uh, interested in hearing, I mean, it's definitely not $566, but I mean, $200 a month on a bird seems a little expensive. And the same with the reptiles. Like I get like buying mice and stuff for them, but, and again, I don't, I'm, I'm ignorant as to how much mice cost in Texas for food. Rabbit owners in Florida spend $150 a month on rabbits so little hoppity hips hippity hops little hippity hops uh i feel like that's 
the cheapest of all of these on the list. I'm honestly surprised that um, the dogs are only at 270 while cats are at 566. I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that. I, I don't know what's up with that because like I, I'm very thankful that I have healthy animals, but I can't imagine that. Yeah. Uh, so the most interesting fun fact uh, is pet owners in Cleveland spend 1500 a month on the exotic category of animals. Ooh, so Cleveland's bougie. Uh, Cleveland seems like another, uh, uh, arguably another Tiger King waiting to happen, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully not. Cleveland, Tiger King, but with saltwater fish because the Mohaians <laughs> like their fish. <laughs> I want to see this. Sharks. They just have ne- sharks. Netflix. <laughs> Legitimate aquarium with sharks and dolphins. Um, I have seen some of those on like the Pimp My Crib episodes or whatever where they have like the indoor tiger shark tank. It's insane. It, it is absolutely also, insane. I would just be scared that they, I know, I know it would hold, but my little anxiety brain, you know, that little narrative that we didn't change just says. Throw a oh. rock at it and then it explodes and you have a tiger yeah. shark in your little. Like, <laughs> snap, 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 snap. <laughs> wake up with your leg missing ah! that would not be a good time this is not the way i want to wake up i'll take a ghost over that any day <laughs> do not adopt ghosts yeah don't adopt the ghosts let them let them go into the light um so just one thing that i wanted to get into uh is is that millennial argument right like why yeah. why is it so high so um you know according to forbes and this was an opinion piece but according to forbes um, you know, there are three major factors involved. Uh, money, of course, is going to be one of them. Um, so an average cost to raise a dog um, in the first year is around, you know, two to 3,000, according to the AKC. According to the ASPCA, it's between one and 2,000. So you're looking at a $1,000 difference depending on, you know, the, AS, the ASPCA where they are the adopt, don't shop people or the AKC where you have your, your show dogs, right? Um, right. So it makes sense. Um, if you actually go on to uh, www.babycenter.com, you can figure out the cost of raising a child in their first year uh, by a little calculator that they have. And when I did the cost calculator, it came out to $22,000 in the first year. Oh, God. No, no. Where's my birth control? No. <laughs> I hear the alarm going off in my head. It's time to take my birth control. Where is it? Oh, God. So, yeah. So, kiddos are, are not cheap in today's society. So, that's, that's one thing to keep in mind. And a, a lot of that cost is realistically uh, just childcare. Childcare yeah. alone can make up around six to 12 grand, depending on how old your kid is and how long they're going to be in childcare. You're giving um, me anxiety. We were supposed to be talking about fur babies. You're giving me anxiety. I know why you're doing it, but oh my God, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not a baby person. Well, this, will, not. this, this part uh. will help you because obviously the next part is having the freedom, right? So yes. like having the freedom means that, you know, duh, no babysitter. <laughs> you can leave a dog in a vet kennel when you need to go on a vacation, or you can leave a dog at home in their kennel at home when you're going on a date. Like you don't, have to pay for a babysitter. Um, so extra person to the for the uh, partner to hook up with. Is there something? Is there something you need to talk about? Though? No, I don't have a child or a babysitter. So 
You did. That would be a whole new thing. By the way, Lauren, you don't, you've known me for forever, but I suddenly have a child. No. That would be that that would be an impressive thing to keep away. Honestly. Don't worry. I don't I don't have anything. It's <laughs> And the last one is that it's parenting practice, right? So like before you have a kid, if you get a puppy. Oh, absolutely. You know, I know we're going to go into that later, but you know, there's things that you're co-raising something that's dependent on you. Um, you do have to rearrange your schedules for a puppy. Like you, you legitimately do. They need to go out and go potty at late hours of the night because if they don't, they make a mess in their kennel and then you clean that up. Uh, if you're crate training, um, it's a way to figure out how you deal with stress because it's not just something that's like, it's not just you anymore or your partner. like, if something happens to your animal and you go to the vet, um, you figure out how both of you would react in a crisis, especially if it were something that you do consider to be your surrogate kid, right? Yeah. So that's something else to consider. And then you would also figure out, you know, your chores and splitting that up. I know most people figure out how to do that, but it's also you're adding extra chores like walks and going to the pet store to get food. One other thing to point out is that um, I know there's this huge conversation where it seems like the millennial generation isn't really having kids, but that's not really true. Um, the fact is, is that 55% of millennial women have had children. It's just the fact that we're statistically behind the curve as far as our predecessors go. So from the age groups of what we've been looking at statistically in the past, Gen Xers around 2003 had, uh, 66%, 66% of them had had a child, um, for the boomer generation, it was 69 and for our world war II families, uh, it was uh, 85%. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons why millennials are not having children. It's not just the economic status of everything. It's also just, you know, there's people who have higher education statuses. Uh, it's the cost of living is higher, all of those things. But realistically, it's not like only 25% of millennials have had a kid. It's, it's realistically half of us have had kids and the other half are still just kind of chilling. And we have our fur babies. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I like that. I've, I've got, I've got some things like reasons to get a pet because you know, if you weren't already convinced, get a pet, let me help you Animal. for a baby <laughs> or a scaly baby or a swimmy baby or, or hobby a, baby. a feathery baby or a feathery baby. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh. Um, we said dogs earlier, but I mean, every animal has varying degrees of care required and that's something to really consider when getting a pet that was not actually my first point but that is really really important mm -hmm. if you are a person that works 12 hour days outside your house or whatever like i don't know puppy might not be the best yeah the best thing for you that's the like i started off with a cat i had a cat for a long time in my like grown-up adult ish pretending adult life who decided that i could be an adult because anytime I'm in a crisis, I'm like, I need an adult. I need an adult. Wait, fuck. I'm the adult. Oh, fuck. I'm the adult. I feel like being an adult is really a state of mind and it just doesn't actually exist. I think that it's just, it's a figment of, it's a societal construct. Oh, well, then I don't have that state of mind because I'm like, wait, I need an adult. Oh, got to step up. Got to take the plate. Got to be an adult. No. <laughs> I refuse. Anyway, <laughs> reasons to get a pet. They're cute. They are cute. First one. They're so stinking cute. I mean, have you ever had little kisses from a little, little far by me? And they're just like, I love them. I lick your nose. They're the best. They're the Actually, best. 
Poofa and his poof itself, instead of a lick in my nose, whenever I don't wake up when he wants me to, he bites my eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> not not enough to break the skin, but like he'll just come just up and like nibbles. nibble on my eyebrow. Either that or wake up in the middle of the night, rare, rare, rare. You can just hear him. I need to use the bathroom. Let me out. Rare. So extra. I love him. He's so fucking extra. That's why he's poofa. Poof. Anyway. I love him. Okay. They're super cute. That's not really a reason, but it also is because I mean cat memes are a thing for a reason mm-hmm. um but my first actual reason is they boost your mood and they are excellent companions like yes i i had a friend just the other day that was like i should get a dog so that i will have one man that will never leave me oh oh god <laughs> oh no okay first off you're a badass bitch without any animal but like, but yeah dogs are dogs are wonderful companions they really are they are and i mean cats especially i have met cats that like i know they get a bad rap but i have met cats with excellent personalities and i have met cats that require more attention than some dogs i know so like mm-hmm. we, we can't we can't hate on them too bad i have both i love both it's fine anyway pets make great companions and if you're lonesome especially in the pandemic time whatever having somebody to cuddle with something to talk to i get that you know I don't know. I talk to nobody in my shower. I have fake arguments in my shower. It's fine. I feel like um, most people do that. They just relive the same thing. Oh, that's deep and dark. We can't get into that. Go talk to a dog. <laughs> Go pet your cat. Go, I don't know, chirp at your bird. Can you talk to like snakes and birds and stuff the way you can talk to other animals? I feel like people do. Okay, cool. I love that. I love that. Next one <laughs> is... I'm not nuts, y'all. Moving right the fuck along. We're We're not stopping on them dark spots. You guys are beautiful. (laughs) We are upbeat. Fuck. (laughs) All right. My second one is mental health. Animals are excellent. Oh, great. Oh, good. Good. Right? Right? (laughs) Perfect fucking segue. Here we go. All right. Segue. Uh, Animals are excellent at sensing mood. And some of them, I can't say all of them because, I mean, there's the occasional asshole in every breed and we just have to accept this fact. But some of them will comfort their human when they're in distress. I know that, like, when I'm in distress, Sammy and Poofa both will, like, come and cuddle up right next to me and be like, you need hugs and we don't have arms, but we're going to curl up right next to you. And that is an amazing and wonderful uh, experience. And that actually brings me to my housing hack. I'm going to stick it in right here. Um, and that is if you have an apartment complex or a, like a landlord renter, anything that you have that does not allow pets, or if they do allow pets, the security deposit is extremely high and you can't pay it. Something that is extremely legitimate is to get that animal registered as an emotional support animal. Mm. This is not a service dog. I am not talking about fake service dogs. This is for housing and flying purposes only. That animal can live with you as a source of comfort, as a source of companionship, which is a very legitimate thing. Your security deposit will be waived. It is illegal to charge a security deposit on an emotional support animal. And they cannot be refused if they are registered. So like if your landlord says like, I don't allow pets, you're like, I don't have a pet. I have a service animal. Mm. different category this is like i said it's not a service dog it's that i have an emotional support animal i'm sorry not a service animal emotional support animal very different thing i'm not talking about like take your dog in the store and like no 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 right. service animals are very different i'm right. no but this is for housing and flying purposes that that animal can fly in the cabinet of an airplane with you with your proper paperwork mm-hmm. and they can live with you for no security deposit or in a place that might not otherwise allow animals and 
uh, my, my resource for that is usserviceanimals.org. And you can go and get your animal registered. I believe it's 130 or $170 a year, depending on what kit you get, because they will also send you a vest for that animal. This is emotional support animal. Hmm. Um, and some cards that explain to you like what you can and can't do because we're not supporting fake service animals here. Emotional nice. support animals only. Anyway, um, so that's really, really helpful. I did that with my animals. And this also works if you're on a college campus and you're having uh, anxiety, depression, any other mental kind of mental health issues. Most colleges will allow uh, <laughs> dogs, cats, and miniature horses, emotional support animals. How do you have a mini horse? Right? It's really interesting. So you can house train a horse. You can? You can. Yes. This was first made famous. I don't know. I, I may be misquoting history, but this was first made famous by Roy Rogers and his horse Trigger the Golden Stallion because he would take Trigger into pediatric hospitals to visit oh. the children. Oh. And so Trigger had to be potty trained. And so he had oh. this command, which was like, don't poop while we're in here. And so, yes, you can potty train a horse. Bless Roy Rogers. <laughs> right? It's oh. a real throwback. That's what a cowboy. What a true <laughs> cowboy. An American legend. <laughs> I don't know an exception to this. I worked as a residential assistant on campus, so this is a first-hand experience, but they have to live on the first floor for obvious reasons because you don't want the clumpy-clumpy as you're for your downstairs neighbors. <laughs> I mean, can, can horses go upstairs? Elevator. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I don't know if they can go upstairs, but we had elevators. Gotcha. So, yes, first floor. Anyway... So mental health. The next one is home and human security. Some animals, such as dogs, I know there are other animals that are great security measures, but dogs are just the one that comes to mind and they're the most common, as was proven by that list. They're number three. Um, they're an excellent addition to your home security system. They're, they'll alert you when somebody comes to the door. You might have a small dog, but at least you know when somebody's there. You know, I'm not talking about dog you're expecting like attack somebody, police dog, that kind of thing, but just a small dog that says, Hey, somebody's, somebody's in my space. Like, don't, yeah. don't be on my property. Like don't be on my porch. That's, that's great. And really protective of their humans and or their pack. Some dogs are more prone to bonding with a single and some our dogs are more prone to bonding with a family and they can be really protective of an entire unit, depending mm -hmm. on what your needs are, all that kind of stuff. Obviously we're, we're your Google experts, but you need to research your specific needs in this case. Right. Um, okay. The next one you touched on this actually is I, I put it down as patience and caring. Mm -hmm. Um, you're taking on the responsibility of another life. Like yep. I, I get that. I get that they're not humans, but in my opinion, they still got a soul. There's still, there's still a life in there. And mm -hmm. so you're taking on that responsibility and it's improving your, you know, just emotional intelligence, your patience, your caring. It's a great stepping stone. If you're thinking about having a kid or having, you know, a future really joining mm -hmm. into tea with your partner or just you like have kids on your own, if that's right, what's right for you, obviously. Yeah. Um, I know that that was a big step in my relationship was to get an animal together. And now the joke is, you know, babies probably don't save their relationship, but a puppy might. <laughs> <laughs> but a puppy could. Yeah, they could. They could. They really could. Um, and also this is that really important point that you made that different types of animals require different amounts of attention. Yes. Started with a cat. And anytime I needed to like go on an overnight trip or, a, you know, a bender. No, not that. Um, 
I could just make sure that my cat had food and water and a litter box and he'd be fine. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, he's self-sufficient. But with, with little Sammy, that's not how that worked. Like, we cannot leave him for an extended period of time. We're still breaking him of the chewing thing. We're still making sure that he's okay to be out with the cat because I don't think he would hurt the cat on purpose, but, like, he might play too rough. So we got to make sure he gets let out and he has enough tension. And if you think that, like, if you get an animal and you think, wow, this is a lot of stuff, having kids might not be right for you. Not <laughs> there not- got to be more. Yeah. Yeah, children are human children are far more difficult just from watching other people have them. <laughs> and uh they're a wonderful blessing. I'm not going to say that they're not, but uh it, if you don't know what you're getting into and and you're young and and you're looking for that type of experience, I would definitely suggest getting an an animal first. And all of these are life-changing decisions. I've noticed that like dog people tend to hang out with dog people because like it's a really quick way to make friends. It's to like make friends with a dog. Um, Cat people, maybe not so much. Like, I don't know about your reptiles and your bunnies and that kind of thing. Maybe they have conventions for that. I don't know. But like, I'm talking, you know, something that it's kid level that that becomes a huge part of your life. And then you have to think about, you know, if I have a kid, I get to hang out with kid people. Well, do you really like kid people? I don't know. I mean, I know some people, kid people that I like, but whatever. Anyway, okay. It's not just like going to the dog park where you can find somebody that has a similar dog because then it's actually a child and then you have to be. What if we had child parks where like literally you just let them loose in a fenced area and the parents. You just... do have that. No, don't but I. <laughs> That's a normal park. That's what a normal park is. Test oh, dog. <laughs> It's a novel idea, really. There should be like slides and swing sets and those things that we used to play on as children and those things that we called parks, playgrounds. You can tell I put a lot of thought in the kid thing, right? (laughs) I'm extra blonde today, y'all. I'll talk to my hairstylist. She'll turn down the bleach next time. Um, (laughs) There should be parks. There should be kid parks. Oh, you're the best. Oh, I love it. I'm sorry. Keep going. Okay. <clears throat> Reason not to get a pet. <laughs> there might not be a park. These also don't exist. Okay. Big, big reason is the pet re- relies entirely on its human. Yep. They cannot, like, buy their own food. They cannot get their own water out of the sink as much as we wish they could. Like, I know you can now toilet train a cat, which is great. But I don't think you can toilet train a dog. Why is that gross? I just think that's so gross. Why? It's better than a litter box. What happens if you wake up in the middle of the night and there's just a giant turd in the toilet and it's not yours or your partner's? Like I started to say I already wake up to that because Tim always forgets to flush because he's from California where they save water. Okay, that's the end of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So Tess has three pets. The third one's name is Tim. No, I love him. He's great. He's great. But I love my pets too. But oh, (laughs) thanks. There should be parks. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There should be parks. There need to be husband parks. Uh, Oh well, I mean, they feel like those are called bars. Bars, arcades. Oh yeah, I can set Tim loose in an arcade with a handful of quarters, and he's happy. Also, like the shooting range, probably too for mine. Careful when you marry your pets. Anyway, um. Pets rely entirely on their humans. <laughs> okay, first point. Don't just get a pet because you are entirely at home during the pandemic. 
because right. we hope and pray the life will go back to some modicum of normal at some point. Mm. So consider what your life was before, consider what your life might be after, and don't adopt that pet only on the reason that you're lonely in the pandemic and you can take care of them now. Because I know a lot of people who are working from home right now, me included, and it is amazing and wonderful. And I love being with my animals all day, but I have to consider the fact that there will be a time when that's- You're not going to be at home. Right. Exactly. Like we, we have to go back to work eventually. So a uh, second reason not to get a pet is added dirt and increased cleaning. Okay. I had a friend at my house today that every time she picked up a soft item, like a cloth item, Fur. she was like, Sammy hair is everywhere. And I was like, yeah, yeah. That's he, live, he lives here. This is how like, that works. <laughs> no, like I, I, clean, I deep cleaned the house before she got here too. And I was like, dude, you're, you should have seen it before. Like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yep. Anyway, my, my thing was animals don't shower as often as we do. So they <laughs> typically have more hair and dandruff. I have seen people that rival the hair of animals. And of course we have our scaly friends and our swimmy friends who don't have hair. But they also can't clean their own tanks, their own cages, their own whatever. Mm -hmm. They rely on their humans. And so you have to be able to step up and take that uh, responsibility. And the last, um, not getting a pet, which was one that you covered really well, which was your added expenses. Mm -hmm. Another mouth to feed, another body to take care of. They require all those things you named. Food, toys, vet bills, et cetera. And even healthy pets, like... I think it's wonderful. I've seen so many GoFundMes and so many Facebook po- shares and posts about like, save this animal, blah, blah, blah. That's great. And it takes a lot of money to save them. And I'm so glad that people are caring enough and have big enough hearts to go and help those that can't help themselves, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but even a healthy pet, like you got to go get, you know, your, I think they call it wellness checks or whatever, and your vaccinations and your everything else. Like you got to check their poop. You got to make sure they don't have the worms. Yep. Got to get that bad. heartworm medication. Oh yeah. I had a dog. I had a dog with heartworm one time and that was a huge ordeal. We, she, she got, she was okay. That was one of those really expensive adopted dogs. One of those really expensive free dogs, which actually leads me to my next point, which is adopting versus shopping. Mm -hmm. We want to save all the babies we can. Um, Shopping. uh, It's usually a higher cost upfront. Dogs can range uh, like, uh, gosh, 500 to $5,000 from breeders. I have like looked at the puppy finder websites and the pet finder websites to kind of grab those numbers and look at that kind of thing. And it's a lot of cost up front. Your benefit in that area is you're probably going to know more about the dog and more about the dog's possible problems up front when you buy them. Again, this is dog specifically. I am assuming it works for every breed and or species that is, um, Acquired as a pet? I don't know. Do they have snake bloodlines? <laughs> I feel like they have to. Probably. I I'm have not no sure idea. that there are snake champions, and I could be wrong, but I, I know I know some uh, boys on Tinder that think they are. No, those are not pets either. We're not going to just adopt those. I didn't say they were pets. I said they thought they were snake champions. To the street. Anyway, <laughs> however, this higher cost up front for the breeder and the bloodline and the information on the animal may give you peace of mind and a little bit more foresight and knowledge. For example, you mentioned your German shepherd and hip dysplasia. That's really common. It's another common thing for huskies, which is what I have. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and you just, that's something you have to be aware of. You have to watch out for some breeds are prone to obesity or some breeds are prone to heart problems, liver problems, et cetera. Like, and that happens, unfortunately, not always, but unfortunately that happens due to inbreeding. To keep those bloodlines pure, they have to cross them over and over and over again. And unfortunately, that takes away a lot of their protective elements that a mutt might have, might have, because that mutt also may have some other issues you don't know about or may have been exposed to a ton of stuff and just have a lot of shit to get through. A lot of PTSD puppies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So with the shopping, with the breeder method, you may have fewer hidden or unexpected costs. This is not always true, and you need to plan for the downfalls of that breed, of whatever you buy. It doesn't have to be a dog. That's just the most, in my research, that was the most easily found and most easily researched um, area. And all of this information is from don'tpayful.com because we, we need to be frugal bitches. Anyway, um, and now we're moving on to adoption. Um, there's between 2.7 and 3.7 million dogs and cats that are currently looking for a home. Oh, and that makes me so sad, because like, what did they do to deserve just being thrown out on the street? They were just born. I know. Babies. Like, that's so sad. They just, oh my gosh. That's, that makes me sad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save them all. And that's the first reason to adopt rather than shop is you're saving a life. Some animals are dumped. Some are just unwanted. Some are surrendered due to deployments, moving, um, the rent thing or the apartment thing. Like I said, look into emotional support animals. They're not fake service dogs, but look into emotional support animals that might save you from having to surrender your pet. Yep. Um, and some of them just straight away from home and their owners were never found, which is a big pro for microchipping. It doesn't always work. It's not a guarantee. Nothing in life is a guarantee. But anyway, um, and you're giving them a fresh start. You're giving them a new family. And sometimes you can even save them from euthanasia, which I love the fact that no kill shelters are becoming more and more popular, but they were not always. And that just breaks my heart because again, like you said, all they did was be born. Save the sweet little babies. Yes, save them. Also, second pro of adoption is you have lower costs up front. It's almost always cheaper to pay for an adoption than a breeder fee. And most adoption fees that I could find range between $50 and $200, which comparative to that usual starting range of $500 for a breeder fee, that's way cheaper. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, that may mean they have more unexpected costs down the road. You, you don't know about that animal's previous life. You don't know... You can ask the shelter or the pound or the whatever about their pre-existing conditions. A vet will probably, I cannot say always, because there's always going to be the exception, but probably they will have been checked out by a vet and that person can tell you or that organization can tell you about this dog and how, where they were rescued, what their situation was, all that kind of stuff. So you know what you're dealing with. Yeah. Also, the last pro of adoption for me is um, you can sometimes skip the baby stage. Yep. And I know babies are cute, they're amazing, they're wonderful, but they come with their own set of hassles because there's a lot of training. They poop everywhere. They chew on everything if they're a dog or a cat or whatever. Like, they're not trained to do anything. They don't come with any pre-existing tips and tricks and, like, no, no hat codes there. They are net new little hard drives that are just waiting to be filled with information and yep. they are stressful. 
Yep. Which you can completely like imprint yourself on that small animal, that baby animal. Mm -hmm. But then, I mean, it's going to have all of your good and all of your bad because, I mean, they are little mirrors. They're a little like, so, yep. Anyway, you can adopt a dog that is, I'm sorry, I keep saying dog. You can adopt an animal that is an adult and depending on the animal, it's already ready to be your companion. And they're a little bit more self-sufficient. Again, they depend on their human, but they're a little more self-sufficient and mature. And that can be a really positive thing if what you're looking for is that companion stage and not that I'm trying to raise a baby thing. my My last point is the little bit of cons of adopting an animal. Um... One thing is do not gift animals to people who are not expecting them. No, no, do not do that. Animals are not Christmas gifts. If mom and dad decide they're going to get a dog and stick it under the tree for the kid, that's a totally different thing. But 39% of gifted animals are returned to shelters, according to don'tpayful.com. And that is just horrible because again, they didn't do anything to deserve that. They just got out of that cute stage and suddenly they weren't wanted anymore. So let's just take a moment and say, do not gift animals to people who are not expecting them. If you're not going to gift a baby to somebody, don't gift an animal to somebody. <laughs> and then the last cons really quick that we have about adopting are you may get something with PTSD. Like yep. a lot of our generation, I won't say a lot, but some of our generation has experienced PTSD. Maybe that's something you're ready to deal with. Maybe that's something that you want to help somebody through. I say somebody, an animal through, you want to kind of help rehab them and all that kind of stuff. That is great. You are a better human. Go be your beautiful human unicorn. And that's awesome. Hats off to you. Not wearing a hat, but yeah. Um, <laughs> headphones. But Let's read the headphones. headphones off to you. Yeah, there we go. Um <laughs> The next one, which I mentioned a couple of times, but it really is a fact, is there may be hidden costs in those rescued or adopted animals. The most expensive pet I ever had was a free pet. She came to us with heartworm, pregnant with 13 puppies. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. She was an amazing and wonderful dog. I love that dog to the day she died. Oh my God. We, we had her forever, gave her a great life. She was a ranch dog. She got to run out there and pretend that the little baby goats were her babies. It was the cutest oh. thing ever. She was this little white, solid white German Shepherd Akita mix. Oh my God. Love that dog. She was amazing. Beautiful. But most expensive free dog ever. So just do your homework, make sure that you are ready to take on that commitment, whether you're adopting or shopping, or you just find this little baby on the side of the road, make sure that they're, you know, not microchipped and not needing to go home to their real family. Right. But, don't yeah. steal somebody else's dog. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do that. You can, you, can, you, can, you, can pet, you can pet your neighbor's animal if they say yes, if you're sad, but like, don't steal them. Yeah. Let's, let's not do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, that's my pros and cons of adopting. And my last little fun poll question is what is your weirdest pet you've ever had? Like we talk a lot about dogs and cats, but like, let's go fringe here. What's the weirdest pet you've ever had? The fringe case. I never had one, but I always wanted a ferret. Oh yeah. I I remember remember those little ferret toys that came out in the early 2000s that made me want ferrets. Yeah. I really wanted a ferret. My mom was absolutely against it and I know that's not like a huge fringe animal um and I don't know maybe there are some people with exotics uh and I'd love to hear an experience with an exotic I don't condone owning an exotic animal but I would love to hear an experience with one well then you're not gonna like me you're not gonna like mine oh my weirdest pet was a turkey no yep 
I rescued a full-grown turkey and I named him Gabby. I love that for you. That is the most <laughs> fitting animal <laughs> of an exotic animal I could ever picture. <laughs> yep. He was a full-grown gobbler turkey and I named him Gabby because he was injured. And so I brought him into our little garden enclosure oh. and I was like, you're going to live here until you, you get yourself fixed up. And Aww. he was Gabby and he would be out there clucking at me. That's so cute. Right? Oh, <laughs> I love that. So yeah, share your weirdest pets or your weirdest pet experiences with us. I feel like I have a lot more stories about pets, but I know we're running out of time. Yeah. So I don't want to keep y'all, but tell us, oh, share, can- share with us. Yeah, you can share those experiences with us on Instagram at mind over millennial podcast you can also send them to us on gmail at mind over millennial podcast at gmail.com yep and we might just share like our our top three most interesting shout out to some people so let us know and go find us and we'll talk at you on the next one bye guys (laughs) bye Mind Over Millennial Music by Zach Era and Gabriel Ramos. We are funded mainly by ourselves, but we're not too proud to ask for support. Feel free to drop us a line to learn how you can keep learning from our mistakes and Google sources, of course.